Well, if you would take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. On a purely human note, I have the unenviable position of coming after that and coming before pie. So I realize that I'm going to need to move quickly, but I do want us to point our minds and our thoughts just very quickly to a passage of Scripture. It is only one verse. It's Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be in verse 28 this evening. And the book of Hebrews was written about the person and work of our Savior. And he compared our Savior to the things in this life, and really there is no comparison. He calls his audience to behold the glory of Jesus and to live in light of that glory. And so once again, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, we know the the very first Thanksgiving, at least we have an idea, but there were 102 individuals that began that journey uh, from England to, uh, to the New World. They came because of, of religious freedoms. They wanted to be able to serve the Lord in freedom. And their journey was uh, fraught with sickness and uncertainty. They went through great turmoil. And after that year, about 50 people sat among the yield of grain and food that God had provided for them. And what was their reaction? The reaction was to have a day, and some, some historians have said several days, of thanksgiving to God for protection and provision. They, though they lost some along the way, they were a blessed people. And we know God's word states that to whom much is given, much more shall be required. But the, tonight, I want us to ask the question, what is required of those who God blesses? You, even by your own uh, admission, have given your testimony that you have been blessed. But what is then our reaction? What does God expect from us? And our text for the evening gives us that answer. Again, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 28. It says, Wherefore, or since we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved... Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. See, we need to come to realize that since we have been blessed, we must respond to that blessing in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And again, what is pleasing to the Lord? Thankfully, God gives us this answer in his word. And first, we need to see that since we have received an unmovable kingdom, we must be thankful. You have that phrase in the verse, it says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. And that phrase, let us have grace, can be translated, in the original language it would be translated, as let us be thankful. Let us be grateful. Well, what should we be thankful for? Well, in that verse, it kind of lays out a little bit what we should be thankful for. The very first part says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us be thankful. And so we should be thankful for our salvation. I mean, think about where we were before Christ saved us. We were citizens of this kingdom, of this world. We were citizens and we were slaves to our flesh. And we were by nature children of wrath. But then Jesus bought us, and our citizenship changed. It is now in heaven. We have our sins forgiven and a home in heaven. And several of you were thankful and even voiced that that thanksgiving this evening. We need to be thankful for our salvation. 
But think about what this kingdom is. What's the nature of this kingdom? We have been transferred. These are, this is our We're a citizen of this new kingdom. But what is true of that kingdom? Well, it's a citizenship of a kingdom that cannot move. We should be thankful also not only for our salvation, but we should be thankful for the kingdom's permanence. This kingdom will not be moved, and we will be victorious. In Christ's kingdoms, kingdom, we are more than conquerors. As Romans chapter 8, verse 37 states, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are greatly blessed to have a kingdom, a heavenly kingdom. And we are greatly blessed because that kingdom will not be moved. It will not be shaken. The context of Hebrews chapter 12 talks about all of these other kingdoms that were shaken and moved. But we've received a kingdom that cannot be moved. And so we should be thankful for our citizenship. Secondly, your verse, the, the verse continues. It says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. See, God has transformed us and transferred us from one kingdom into the other. But as citizens of this new kingdom, how should we live? Do we keep that to ourselves? And I think the verse is clear, no. We must serve God acceptably. So secondly, since we have received an unmovable kingdom, we must serve God acceptably. And this acceptable service in the original language has an emphasis on and involving a worship service. It literally has the idea of a priest putting on his robes and then going into the Holy of Holies to fulfill his duties for worship. This worshipful service is done in a way that is acceptable or is well-pleasing to God. What does that look like? Again, wonderfully, the verse lays out for us what that looks like. If we're to serve God acceptably, like every part of our life is an, av an avenue of worship, then how should we go about our business? Well, he says that we should serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Reverent worship, reverent service. What is that? I think in our culture of today, a lot of people like to say that they worship God. And worship is intensely personal. It combines who we are and who God is in one action. But that one action is meant to laud and magnify him, not us. So what might that include? What is pleasing worship? Well, it is something that he would want. Remember, though we are participants it is not about us. It's about him. And our passage tells us that we are to be reverent. What is reverent? Well, it has the idea of piety in living. It is walking worthy of the calling that we have in Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 is a wonderful correlation to this, this passage. And Romans 12, 1, many of us might even be able to quote it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Holy, being set apart, set apart from this world and set apart to God, which is your reasonable service. It makes sense after we see what God has done for us. It's fascinating. Biblical worship of God looks similar across the generations, the nations, and even backgrounds. Oh, there may be small changes here and there, but if we truly are worshiping God the way he wants to be worshiped, then it's going to look very similar. It has the same object, God. It has the same method, holy and reverent. And so we are to live and we are to worship and we are to serve in a way that, that lauds and lifts high our Savior. So it should be reverent, but also it should be with godly fear. And what does that word godly fear involve? Well, that means awe and wonder. As we go about our business, do you ever just sit back and wonder and in awe at who our God is? As we get to know who our God is, we cannot help but see him for who he truly is. And at the same time, we see him how we don't measure up. We don't measure up to his greatness. And this naturally leads to fear and awe and wonder. And I started thinking about that word fear. Think about this. For those who are unrighteous, for those who are unsaved, that fear leads to actual trembling. Think about this. This is the God who would consume them, as verse 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. And if you come before an un, a, a holy and righteous God in unrighteousness, he will consume you. And so there is, there is truly fear on the part of those who would dare to enter his presence in unrighteousness. But what about those who have accepted Christ? Those who have been washed their sins have been, t- been forgiven. For those who have escaped his wrath through Christ, then how should we respond? Well, we should respond, respond in awe and wonder that this God, who is that consuming fire, would protect and would care for us with such great love. Again, another correlating verse is, is Romans chapter 12, now verse 2. It's a wonderful passage that coincides and further explains, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we should have godly fear. We should have reverent worship. So then as we wrap things up, as we consider our God and his blessings We should echo the hymn writer, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be, how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. We see his glory, we see his power, and rightfully we should marvel. How long has it been since you served your God like that? How long has it been since you worshipped like that? When you glimpse his glory and you see his person, we cannot help but walk away changed. For the sinner, hopefully you run to him in faith. And you trust, you trust in Christ, for you need his grace to fall upon you for salvation. You need to enter the kingdom of his dear son in salvation. 
But for us who are saved, we run to him in thanksgiving. We run to him in selfless service, and we marvel that we get to serve him. Such a wonderful God. I think it's high time that we in the pews of our churches ensure that we are thankful. And then off of that thanksgiving, we offer to God acceptable service. Why? Well, since we've received so much from his benevolent hand, it becomes our reasonable service. Would you bow together in prayer with me, please? Heavenly Father, we just very briefly have had the privilege to open your word, and we've had the privilege to think about who you are. Lord, you are a consuming fire, and Lord, you have forgiven us of our sins. You've made a way for us to be right with you. You are just and you are holy. Lord, you are also merciful. Lord, wonderful truths that almost seem like they can't go together. And yet, Lord, we see in your word that that's what happened. And so, Lord, would you help us as as your people to be thankful? Would you help us to then joyfully serve you, joyfully worship you in every part of our existence? Lord, if there are things in our life that we are holding back, Lord, may we relinquish those things to you. You are so good. You have been so good. And Lord, we have every expectation that you will be good in the future. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.